0: hello and welcome to another out of spec podcast you join me with Tommy, who is the ceo of chem power you guys have heard me talk about chem power many times on this channel on this show where we've talked about using their chargers the reliability the style the way that it integrates and it works it's a very much a power distribution method when it comes to dc fast charging but i really want to get tomi's take on you know Everything going on ChemPower. And also, guys, big news ChemPower is starting the expansion into America. So, in this episode, Tomy's going to let us know all of the plans, the products, the services that they'll be offering in America, and sort of where they fit into our charging landscape. So, Tomy, thanks for joining. Oh, thanks, Kyle. And happy to be here. Yeah, so I think it's going to be really fantastic to see your take on everything. It's no secret we're a fan of your products. We've filmed with them many times, and they're always just from a style standpoint. You know, just from a design and user interface standpoint, they're the coolest chargers out there. Uh, How did yeah. you come up with this whole idea?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's the concept and it, it's the idea. Of course, we made an early decision already when we started making the products that. We have to become EV drivers to understand the industry properly. I've been working with e-mobility since 2011 but I was always working with big uh, let's say vehicles and the systems inside the vehicles before I joined chempower in 2019 and then we started looking at the industry that hey let's get EVs to, to actually understand what is the need and a lot of the innovation and the ideas on how to build the chargers came also the idea when you start using the products and And you you start seeing the shortcomings of of certain older older versions of somebody else's chargers. And what could be better? It's like the reach of the cable or the information on the screens and the ability to take the screen with you. uh, Having the power distributed by the cars when you understand how the batteries work. And it's a combination of actually trying to be, we, we try to make a best product for ourselves as being the users of EVs. And I I think it's quite early when we're looking at, like, uh, we don't have states in Finland, but uh, a bit similar areas. And in the beginning, when we started with uh, about 20, 30 people team and having the EV drivers, we had like a 10% of all the EVs in our so-called state. So (laughs) it was quite different also some years ago in Finland on, on how many electric vehicles you see on the road. Right. That totally makes sense. And I mean, driving
0: around, I was just in Finland and used some chem power stations. And I was in, of course, Norway and Sweden. And you have a a seemingly a high density in the Nordic countries of your installations. I mean, in Norway, for example, like every other parking lot seems to have chem power stations in them. Is that just because you're there? Is there a specific reason
1: that that market works so well for your chargers? it it's part of, the of course, our home turf. It's You have to start somewhere when you start rolling out your products. Uh, but we also look at it from the biggest aspect, not to look at only our country and looking at Nordics as a whole, our, our home. But I think the other point is why, especially in Norway, we are popular, is that when you have a country where you have almost 80% of the new cars are electric, and I, I think today they are past 20% in the whole population of cars. People start to appreciate the technology that actually serves a lot of cars. We also like to refer it to the more plugs. The people trust the sites which have a possibility to charge more EVs. And we look at like a very advanced electric vehicle country like Norway. They are not any more worried about the range of cars. Nobody talks about the range in Norway. They talk about queue anxiety. So they are afraid of having a queues at the charging sites. And Our technology and the idea of how to make the charging stations is based on the idea that you have a lot of electric vehicles and you can serve all the vehicles and share the power and and basically increase the throughput time in a charging system that you can have a lot of cars moving and and the users get a good experience from the point of view. There's nothing worse on arriving to a charging site to see that every place is occupied and you don't know how long it takes to actually get your turn.
0: Right. And and we're actually starting to see this become an issue maybe here on the West Coast in the U.S., where the middle of the country, the East Coast, mostly the middle is all about, I want 500 miles of range and all that stuff. But when you really drive an electric car, you realize range anxiety does not exist for most yeah. use cases. It, it is all
1: charging anxiety. It's it will- is a hype, of- hype from people who haven't used EVs even once. Uh, yes. It's kind of the, of course, it's a new technology. People are a little bit uncertain how it works and what, what you have to do. But I noticed they're exactly the same. I was last week in US and in Seattle and San Francisco, the population of EVs was a lot higher than, for example, in Washington, where I ended my trip last year, last week with the president of Finland. So this is uh, interesting to see that the aerial differences are quite high. And I, I think California is like the Norway of, of US. And I think the other states might be following soon. But I think the critical point is there. We have the chicken and the egg situation with charging infrastructure. People are afraid to buy the vehicles when you don't have the charging infrastructure. And nobody invests in charging infrastructure. So there is no clients. So this is, I, I think, what the U.S. administration is now also uh, addressing with these uh, support schemes to get right the there. charging infrastructure there first yeah you're absolutely correct so let's talk a little bit about
0: the unique i guess way that chempower does charging because what's cool about chempower is you design spec and build everything in-house for the most part you have your engineering facilities there in finland but also a u.s factory coming soon
1: yeah that's true uh we are now having uh we now now finally have the lease agreement so we can tell about the size of the factory and the actual location uh, it w- which will be in Durham, uh, in North Carolina. And we will start with the same size of facilities we have today in Europe. So we are doubling the capacity with the U.S. facilities. So wow. uh, 154,000 square feet, which is about the same as, as, as our factories in Europe. And this is how we see the U.S. market is that even the, uh, let's say, the electric vehicle journeys in the beginning, because of this, kind of schemes that are supporting the charging infrastructure I think the electric vehicle market will boom in there and people start noticing and don't have any more the let's say the 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 I I would call it an excuse of not having a charging infrastructure that you cannot buy an electric vehicle it, because my opinion on that is if you drive an electric vehicle for more than just a test drive uh, you are stuck forever that that's there's no way back to combustion engine vehicles once you start using electric vehicles. It's so much more convenient, not just from the, let's say, cost point of view of driving. Right, yeah, the, there's so many benefits, of course, and and I agree, as a
0: combustion enthusiast, I tend to drive electric 99% of the time because uh, it's just easier, faster, and really, uh, it works so much better. And uh, so that's that's why I'm interested in EVs because... Uh, You know, just the instant power that I'm full every morning, it's just so much less painful, but I want to congratulate you on the Durham factory. That's pretty amazing. I lived for, I don't know, five or six years in the Raleigh Durham area. And so really great to see that becoming a, a hub for electric mobility on the East coast. So uh, we're excited, excited to go see the factory and see the progress when that happens. But um, You will definitely get an invitation for that. Great. I can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. So obviously the chargers are going to be built in the U.S. to comply with our funding schemes and Mm. also probably just for ease of of transport.
1: Yeah, you know, it's no use of actually transporting metal boxes on a ship. Right. Even if there wouldn't be the funding schemes, I I think we have to bring the production closer to the customers. Interesting. Yeah, I think that makes
0: sense. Um, but even aside from the production, what, what is it about the chem power units? Can you talk a little bit about how the deployment works for you guys, how you'll have a centralized power source with satellite dispensers around? Why is your solution unique compared to other systems out on the market? And aren't we getting the updated version in the U S coming soon? Is that, is that what's happening?
1: That, that's the idea. And, uh, actually we see the area but I, I think a lot of charger manufacturers see the situation with electric vehicles that you have one charge of one vehicle kind of a situation we see the market and, and looking into the future you have a large number of electric vehicles and your electrical grid will have limitations then you have a certain power you can have in the site and sharing that power with as many as possible ev drivers is the key of actually having fast deployment and and the fast availability of electricity Mm -hmm. and you concentrate and we have a different logics also how to share the power my favorite actually first come first serve but uh, in the early market customers or end customers might not understand that and get frustrated if you only get 25 kilowatt in the beginning but that would be the fastest way actually to serve the customers you fill in the first car first and then they can move on and uh, I, I think we are looking at this dynamic power distribution that you can change the power of a charging pole from the central unit. And it also helps the, uh, let's say, designing the sites, because our actual charging points are very, very, let's say, tiny from the footprint area. And you can have the power unit, I don't know how much that is, that is in yards, but in meters, it's 80 meters away. So it gives a lot of flexibility. And then when you look at also Hot areas, I think the ambient temperature is not that difficult, but if you have a direct sunlight on the charger, that will be a stress on the, let's say, usability. So you can also have the actual heating unit in the shadow and have it better placed and have actually better functioning system as total right that that totally makes sense and
0: which um obviously we have a 150 kilowatt recommendation for most states a requirement for others in the us what are the power levels going to look like and so what would be the user experience i know you mentioned you like the first come first serve i've actually heard different methods on this and i would i think it'd be cool to do a video maybe demonstrating this uh to talk about you know what that first car gets maximum juice this is the way Um, Tesla used to do version two superchargers, and now we're starting to see everyone do forced even splits across. Your system can handle either way, depending on what the CPO
1: wants to do. How how the CPO decides, and and there could be also this kind of a VIP membership programs that doesn't well serve in the Scandinavian market, which are sometimes even too democratic. Uh, People like the even split because of the heritage as well. Uh, I don't know if this gold card version would work uh, in there, but it, this could be a possibility that, for example, if you have some membership that you could get faster choose uh, from the charter. But these are all, all thought about in the beginning at how to serve and how the CPOs actually want to have the systems working. Uh, and my idea in there is also to address the future issue, which every area has what they already have, Maybe in Finland we only experience it in the holiday season when people tend to, let's say, travel to North Lapland to go for skiing, and, and you meet all the cars in the charging stations and you start getting the queues. Uh, but I, I think all the countries, when you get a large number of EVs, this queue anxiety becomes a real uh, reality. And to address this issue, to have uh, as many cars charging at the same time and, and on average of... Uh, very fast charging. I think with, if one person needs to stay there two minutes longer, it, 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 as total, it's a better solution to have a, have a people served with this because it actually helps also the electric vehicles. I don't want to use the saving the world theme that much, but it, it is also for for climate change challenges to have a, as many EVs on the road is to replace uh, the crematoriums of the world. Right. Yes. So um, all makes sense.
0: But what is the minimum power? So in most configurations, I guess, in the U.S., you're going to have one power distribution brick, Mm. the actual charger that's going to have, you know, a whole bunch of dispenser. I think you call them satellites that will be charging different vehicles. What is the maximum power of that particular charger and how many posts can you hook up to it?
1: yeah i think the maximum power comes more from the limitations of c. c. s uh connection points and and the and the charging cables for us it's it's not really the limit of the charging you could have as much power the vehicle can take and what what the connection can handle uh typically for high voltage vehicles like you look at the Hyundai ionic five or the high voltage cars i think the limit we can go close to four hundred kilowatt uh But then for the low voltage cars let's say take for for example uh, volkswagen range or or tesla range i think we can go in low voltage up to 200 kilowatt 250 maybe if you push it a bit and use liquid cooled we also have this air cooled and liquid cooled version of the that's again to do with the with the charging cables and getting getting hot so if if you use that really the I think what we are testing now that you could go up to 700 amps at least short time with the liquid cooling. Wow, that's spicy. Or,
0: I mean, that's that's more than anything publicly available today, uh, yeah, at least in yeah, US.
1: the U.S. Maximum- and the small range, of course, if we look at our dynamics, then the resolution is 25 kilowatt. So even in if we would make a... My favorite system with this first come first serve, the last one would get the 25 kilowatt at minimum. But of course... The system works that it can change the power also during the charging cycles which is also oh, okay. quite different from the existing uh, dynamic system because it can also when the other batteries are getting full you get the choose. right the so end. it's
0: basically like you know whoever gets there first gets the maximum their car wants but then basically as they start to taper you can shift that power to the newer vehicles that arrive
1: yeah, and also removes the challenge that also us electric vehicle drivers don't behave perfectly. You don't remove your vehicle when the battery gets full. So it also addresses that issue so you can redirect the power to the other users. You are still, of course, stealing one spot, but in this kind of a system, it's possible to change the power to others. Because I, at least I don't know what happens in the U.S., but at least I saw this behavior in European side.
0: Yeah, we it's really happening here in the U.S. Um, where we roll up to a station and we'll see an ID4 or a Bolt or someone that's been plugged in and fully charged for hours and has just left the car there. And I don't know if yeah. they go see a movie or just forget that they own a car. But yes, so, so the cool thing is with the ChemPower solution is from the point of view of a charge point operator, the real big expense comes from the actual charger, I imagine. And then you can yeah. add as many satellites, which aren't cheap, but you can add more satellites mm-hmm. uh, that all feed to that one
1: charger. Is that the idea? That's the idea. And also upgrade the power quite easily. That if At least what happened here in, in, in our home country, Finland, it's that several people who were who buying chargers from us look at the market that they don't want to invest that much because there is not so many electric vehicles. So they were buying systems that had empty slots for the power modules that you can add. And and if the safety allows you, depending on the country, how the electrical safety works, but you don't need to be electrician to add power. So that would be really convenient just to have these power blocks added without actual installation costs. So that's also the idea of you can increase the power and increase the amount of outputs later on.
0: So what is does what the U.S. rollout look like? I mean, the, the units we've tested, they're thoroughly, really nicely tested. You can now go up to high voltage with them, which is wonderful. Um, what what is, when are we going to start seeing these in the U.S.? Who's going to be buying them? Um, are you going to be owning and operating any sites? What does it look like in our market?
1: Yeah, I, I think we will stay in the manufacture corner uh, trying to find the CPOs operating the, the charters. And I think you can find the first sites in Minnesota uh, already operational. It's not big systems, but they they do have already Kempower systems in Minnesota. Uh, So I think that's a start. And uh, of course, we want to see them as much as possible throughout the whole country.
0: And I I think in the Canadian Canadian
1: side, they might have even more at the moment. So uh, I I think we we are looking at the... The situation, and we have to, of course, uh, convince the CPOs that they see working systems and have the experiences. And even we are now, uh, I think, the top player in the Nordics. That doesn't help. You have to see the systems yourself in operation. So it's very yep. important to get started.
0: I totally agree. Well, um, I, I think you know, from my perspective, as someone who's used your hardware when I pull up to a chem power site, I get excited because you have really good displays. You show us the kilowatt power that's coming through the, the layouts are always really nicely adapted and that you guys, you know, whoever buys your chargers picks really good sites, at least in the Nordics. So I think in the U S maybe we should ask some of our audience to start tagging charge point operators on Twitter or whatever, and say, we want chem power chargers uh, to charge at. So, um, you know, I I could really see a bright future in the U S for Chem Power. I mean, we're going to do another podcast here coming up where we talk about the reliability track record of ChemPower, which is really almost unmatched. And that, for me, is the most important thing is when a user rolls up to a station, they get the charge that they're looking for. So uh, I'm excited that you're building. I, I agree. For-
1: that's yeah. even worse than arriving to a site where there's a car already blocked. is arriving to a site which doesn't work. That, yes. that's that's That's
0: bad. Yeah, totally agree. And this happens every day, way too often in the US. So we really need the help uh, you know, with with reliable charging infrastructure. And it's a hardware problem. Uh, and it's also a software implementation thing. But you guys cover everything in-house. So we'll do a whole episode on that. Um, you'll have the factory in, in Raleigh-Durham area, which is going to be amazing. You're going to have uh, chargers actually already installed in North America. We'll have to go find them and make some videos as soon as possible. Yeah, that's good. Yep, yeah, so we'll do that. And then um, you know you're going to be seeing ChemPower working without a spec on a few different projects. So you'll you know we'll obviously be at the factory when that happens. We're going to be talking about chargers and reliability. So plenty more to come with us talking about charging infrastructure. But uh, can't thank you enough for watching this episode of. Out of spec podcast. Thank you, Tommy, for joining. That was really great. You. Great, happy See to you be all here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> bye bye.